It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout. My name is David and as ever on FPL General's orders, I am joined by the man himself, the FPL General. How are you doing, Mark? It's been a bit of a tough week fantasy-wise, hasn't it? So I imagine there's a lot of us out there licking their wounds and unfortunately, I think you're one of them, aren't you? Yeah, rough week, David. Good to be here. Always enjoy these videos and I feel like I need a therapy session from you this week. So uh, I'm going to be leaning heavily on you after a 33-point game week. I'm just glad it happened in game week two and not in game week 37. So the high of the high of game week one, game week one went well. I think it was like 78 points. Everything was rosy. Team was looking good. Bank the transfer. And then bang, FPL brings you back to earth game week two. So lots to chat about today uh, and two free transfers. So uh, hopefully by the end of this, I'll have a better idea of what I'm going to do with those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we mentioned before we started recording, of course, that um, these game weeks are often the ones where we learn the most about perhaps ourselves, about our teams, about players in the Premier League and what to do with our transfers. Um, and certainly there's going to be lots to talk about. And uh, we are fully aware, of course, that there'll be lots of other people in the same boat. Uh, and so, you know, if you're you're wondering what to do with your two free transfers, if you've got them, which a lot of people probably will, um, you know, perhaps if you had a, a tough game week like Mark as well, um, you know, lots to to... to to, to have a look at and hopefully we can help you there um, and just another chat that we were having before we came on I mean I suppose in these game weeks uh, there are still positives we can take um, some specifically as content creators but perhaps also for those out there in the wider world as well um, it shows I guess uh, Mark that you are not infallible uh, it shows that you are a human being and if even the general can have a bad game week then if people out there have also had a bad game week maybe it ha- helps them feel a little bit better yeah there's um, you know as a content creator, I've been playing this game for a long time. Uh, you know, the, the hours you put in, put in the, the research you do, it does not guarantee success, especially not instant success in, in any given game week. And it's one of the most important things in FPL is how you react or more so how you don't react to a, to a bad game week. It's all about keeping that patience. You know, I've been playing this game for a long time with, with quite a bit of a success, but I still feel the same emotions as any other manager. You know, I'm going through the same feelings this week, despair, thinking about knee jerking, wildcard thoughts are going through my head, but it's all about just trying to stay calm, 
stay away from it as much as I can. Difficult when you're a content creator, but I do stay away from the FPL website as much as I can for a couple of days. And then by Thursday, Friday, there's a clear picture. I've calmed down. The pain of game week two is is well, well behind me and I'm ready to go again for another game week. So yeah, this week, I think this week's a good week for content. You know, I, I do find myself, I listen to a lot of FPL podcasts when I'm out for walks and stuff. And I, too, I do tend to lean into them when I've had a bad game week more so than other weeks. So, and I'm sure a lot of other people out there as well are probably listening for that reason. I think when there's, a lot of people are on two free transfers, and even those who are not, are you know a lot of people are probably thinking about a minus four if they've just got one transfer. So there's lots of lots of content to be consumed this week, and, and lots of thinking to be done. Mm, for sure. Well, in in many ways, you, you mentioned you you might need a little bit of therapy. It sounds like you've already done the therapy, and and there's a very healthy <laughs> attitude there of like you've been here, you've done it before. You know, we've all had bad game weeks before. It's a tried and tested formula. When things go wrong in any walk of life, if you've got practice in dealing with those emotions as they come in, um, it it becomes almost like a playbook. You know, it's like okay, I've had a bad game week. I'm gonna calm down, not to make too many um, rash decisions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There is a step process you can go through, and hopefully, there's people out there perhaps you know haven't experienced that before i hadn't heard that from you and hopefully that helps them just tackle this game week with a nice uh, clear head so yeah fingers crossed uh, and if you had have a bad if you have had a bad game week and uh, you know any of that little chat we've had there was, was useful let us know in the comments and we're yeah we'd love to continue the conversation uh, in the comments section um i do apologize mark because what i am now going to do is i am going to put your team on the screen as it was in game week two just to talk about some of the specifics of where it went wrong where it went a bit better and then uh, then we'll switch to your bus team uh, and sort of have, have a broad idea of what you're thinking now we're to some specifics of the team yeah so for the audio listeners the team's on the screen 33 points the only returns came from Stupinen with 11 and Ollie Watkins got the assist so captain blank with Haaland Joe Pedro was benched and got a yellow card the two double-ups in midfield, what a nightmare. Manchester United and Arsenal. So Martinelli, Saka, Rashford and Bruno combined for nine points. So I'm sure we're going to discuss those guys. Luke Shaw started him over Gabriel because I just thought I'll play the guy who I know is going to play. And in the end, they both get one-pointers anyway. Ben Chilwell just about makes it to 60 minutes for a one-pointer. And I started Turner over Johnston, which was fine because they both ended up on the same point. So, I mean, going into the game week, the team on paper looked absolutely fine. Obviously, a few things, a lot has actually changed in game week two. You know, Ollie Watkins didn't take a penalty. Saka didn't take a penalty. Joe Pedro was on the bench, which I don't think too many people expected after, after him scoring in game week one. So, there's yeah, there's a lot happening here. And obviously, Gabriel, I thought he would come back in and start against Crystal Palace, and he didn't. And now Arteta's saying, you know, he's going to play a lot of games this season. Tommy Asu suspended. So, you know, do we go a third week of thinking, do I play him? Do I not? Or do I just cut ties and get out of there? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. A, a good example, I think, of where you can have a very good team on paper. They score 33 points. This team next week could score 75 points, especially when you look at the fixtures. So, obviously, a couple of issues. Joe Pedro's uh, a bit of a headache now. Um and obviously, some of the others are on the chopping block. The Manchester United guys have been very disappointing to start of the season. But, you know, there's a lot of... I still think there's some good picks in there, game week one. You know, stupid in. I still think Chilwell's a good pick. Saka's probably fine. Bruno's probably going to stay. You've got your Haaland captaincy. But yeah, there's there's certainly a couple of things that I want to address. And I'm, and I'm glad I've got two frees to do so. 
Yeah, well, so what I've done is I've, I've stuck your Game Week 3 bus team on the screen now. And, uh, of course, you mentioned there that this team could well score 75 points in Game Week 3. And when you look at the fixtures that these guys are offering up, it's it's really nice, isn't it? Because you've got um, three guys at home against Nottingham Forest and the Man United guys. You've got two Arsenal attackers at home against Fulham, for example. You know, that fixture swing for Chelsea is all right. So you've got Chilwell at home against Luton. A stupid hand seems like an auto-pick against literally anybody. Haaland, captaincy away at Sheffield United. There's, there's a lot to still like about this team for Game Week 3. And, I mean, I personally, you know, it's just my opinion, but I look at this team and don't think it needs necessarily massive amounts of surgery. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, and I think that's really helping me this week not to, not to overreact and not to panic because when you do have a bad game week, as soon as you look at the next game week, if the fixtures are really good for a lot of your players, you know, I'm looking at this team now and if, even though I have two free transfers, I'm not going to say I'm definitely going to use two of them or even three transfers. You know, I might end up just using one uh, and rolling again because to me... You know, again, maybe when we get closer to the end of the week, but if we get strong vibes that Gabriel might actually start this week, I could just start him over Joe Pedro, stick Joe Pedro on the bench, take away that rotation headache, and stick Gabriel in the team for for a four four two, and then maybe maybe my transfer is something like Joe Pedro down to a four point five to free up a million quid for the two free transfers in game week four to do a bit more of a restructure. So there's a lot going on here, um, but overall. You know, there's temptation to sell Rashford for someone like an Mbumo. There's temptation to sell a Watkins even for a, for a Jackson or or a Wissa to free up some cash. So there's 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 lots I could do here. Uh, I could just keep it simple as well. You know, somehow turn the Kamba into Mbumo or Matoma. You know, go back to kind of a three five two. That would probably need to be a minus four. So basically, when I was going into game week one on the on the day of the deadline. Or the, or the day before the game week one deadline, I was on two drafts. I was on a three five two draft with Matoma, and I was on this kind of three four three hybrid with Joe Pedro. And I ended up going for Pedro. Thought he'd be on penalties. Thought he'd get plenty of starts. Logical decision. Looked good in game week one, but very quickly doesn't look so good in game week two. So there's temptation to kind of fix that and maybe go back to the original idea of the three five two. But probably means Nakamba to someone like Mbumo, Pedro to a four point five. And then Gabriel or Shaw, and it might have to be Shaw for budget reasons, to a 4.5 as well. You know, maybe a Rico Henry or something like that. Could drop down to two 4 million defenders, but don't really want to go down that route. So there's just a couple of things that are that are going around my mind. So it's it's one of those weeks where I need I need a few days to figure this out. There's too much going on. There's too many routes I can go. I need to listen to content. I need to read content. I need to go back and watch a couple of more highlights. And then when it gets to Friday, Hopefully I, I know what I'm doing, but certainly no rush to to make decisions this week. Yeah, that's the thing. When this when the choices are so plentiful, I think you, you definitely have to put it in a box in some ways because, as you say, so many of those decisions be- could could become clearer as you get towards Friday. I mean, the Gabriel one is is a classic example. Depending on what we get from Arteta in the next press conference, for example, and same with Pedro. To be honest, because I mean, uh, the, I mean Pedro's in my team as well. The way I'm looking at it is, I think I'm going to hold Pedro this week because I kind of feel like he's he's had his rest in inverted commas. Um, that's how I feel right now. But if uh, I don't know, let's say Deserby starts talking up Ferguson or Welbeck or, or something, or um, I just something happens in those press conferences that makes me think, hmm, okay, maybe he's not going to play this week. Then I'll change that decision, for example. So certainly, um, when when all of the ideas are swirling you need some focus and sometimes the focus involves putting the decision making in a box I, I guess so um and and also i, I like what you, you you've mentioned there about maybe um just doing one transfer and then banking the two frees for another time 
because that's also what I'm I'm considering um, as well. Um, so I'll, I'll stick my team on the screen and I will say I'll do it with an apology because I, I did actually have quite a good game week. I'm I'm, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Thanks, David. Cheers. That really that always helps. Um, Fifty six points. Uh, I I went down the Salah captaincy route, which like it worked. But it didn't work as well as it probably could have done. But I'm not going to go into. I'm not going to woe is me on that because I feel bad doing that in present company. Um, you know, cash came in on. Uh, I swapped cash in from my bench. It, I, my it's, my plan was always to bring a Villa defender in for game week two because I liked it and that paid off. I was quite happy with that. Um, I did make the for me though with the turn decision that did go wrong in inverted commas because I did bench Flecken. Um, but that tells me, and we're going to talk about Brentford in a bit. But you know, I think Brentford uh, all up and down the team. Um, look look good um, and so that, so that mistake has taught me right okay I think I need to start flecking most weeks to be honest um, not much else to write home about in the team but for, just for the benefit of the podcast listeners Turner, Cash, Stupinan, Chilwell, Rashford and Burmo, Diaby, Salah, Captain, Saka, Pedro and Haaland 56 points and so what I'm looking at doing for game week three I'm sort of in a similar boat to you in the sense I've got to deal with Pedro I've got to deal with Gabriel um for me, that's about it, to be honest. Um, my ch- my changes would simply involve just swapping the goalkeeper back over. I want to start Cash against Burnley still. Estupinan against West Ham. Chilwell against Luton, I'm quite happy with. Oh, Rashford, that's the other one. So it's Rashford, Pedro and Gabriel. And I kind of feel like at home against Nottingham Forest, maybe Rashford gets something. Um, I think Pedro may have had his rest now, so he may come back in against West Ham. So like, I'm not necessarily in an immediate rush to sell either of those two. Gabriel might depend on the price changes if I start to see that everybody's starting to panic on him. Maybe I'll move him on. But he's on my bench right now, so the only reason I would sell him would be to make sure I just don't lose that point one. Could maybe get Henry so that I've got my Brentford triple up. Because, I mean, when Brentford keep a clean sheet... If I've got Flecken and Henry, and Henry does look very nice, maybe that's that's going to work for me. Um, so they're kind of the options I'm considering. But bearing in mind, I don't feel in an immediate rush to sell anybody in my starting eleven, And I'm only thinking about maybe moving on someone on my bench. It makes me feel like I don't want to use my two free transfers this week. I could do Rashford to Madison, no problem. Um, you know, I could do Rashford to Madison, and I probably, if I wanted to, do Pedro up to Jackson if I did that. Um, and then fully lean into that fixture swing. But then part of me thinks, well, I've got Chilwell already and I think he's attacking enough in this Chelsea team. Um, Madison does look good, but actually um, spending the two free transfers when we've got more data is maybe worth, you know, rather than necessarily spend it now just for the sake of it. Spending those two free transfers when we've had more opportunities to watch all of the teams arguably is 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 probably just objectively better. So I'm I feel like that could be useful as well. So um, it, it was affirming to me that you're also feeling the same way. You might just make one transfer and do that mini wild card like later on, not in game week three. Yeah, it's you know going into the season, I always try and have two frees by the time I get to game week three. And the reason is you know maybe I'll need some major surgery by game week three. Yes, it was a shocking game week, but is the team an absolute mess? No. So I do want to keep the option open of just one transfer because I think it would be silly not to. So this week I could make anything from one to three transfers. You know, it could be just one and roll or make the two frees or, or maybe I will do a restructure. And if it is a restructure for maybe Bumo for Nakamba or Matoma or someone like that or Solly March, then it probably is a minus four. But then it also feels like I'm just taking a minus four, making three moves for one player almost in midfield which doesn't feel fantastic. So I probably won't end up going down the minus four route. 
Yeah, it seems it seems a bit too early, I think, to be taking hits. I mean, I, I can think of times in the past where my mini wildcard in Game Week Three has backfired. Now, sometimes it has worked, but I think the one that was uh, the one that stung the most was I think it was about five years ago, where it was that year where Vardy did really, really well when he was like a nine million forward, and I was really, really convinced about him at the start of the season. I was talking him up loads. I got him in all the draft leagues I played, and I pay I overpaid to have him, and everyone thought I was crazy. I had two game weeks. He had one shot in those first two games so I mini wildcarded him out in game week three and I think he scored two goals and got an assist and within three or four or five game weeks I got him I had to get him back because I'm pretty sure within three or four or five game weeks he'd scored a hat-trick in the 9-0 win over Southampton and he and then he just became um, for want of a better word essential and so there there can be players who who even statistically underperform as well as I test underperform in the first two uh, and so that's why I wonder could Rashford be like that could Pedro be like that? You know, so um, spending a minus four after just two game weeks, whilst I've obviously talked up the benefits of it loads on a lot of the content I've done. Um, if, if, if it's to, to get rid of players who I feel like could still deliver, or if it's minus fours to maybe just leverage, as you say, just the improvement of one player, uh, maybe it's not as worth it. Because with these minus fours, you ha- they have to be situational. Um, so that's, that's at the back of my mind, like the errors of the past. It's like, could any of these guys just have started slow? And then they might be banging the goals in in three or four game weeks time. Yeah, again, just patience. Like you say, I, when I when I think about it, do I want to make three moves for a minus four to get an Mbumo who I feel like I've missed out on, or do I just play more sensibly? We we can't really be making any decisions, you know, well informed decisions yet when we've only had two game weeks of of eye test and 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 information. You know, yes, you look at the transfer section of the FPL website, you see players like March and Bumo, Matoma, you know, Luis Diaz, Jota, they're all showing up very well. But every season we see players show up at the top of the scoring charts in the first couple of game weeks and, and they quickly can trickle back down that list when when the when the big guys do start performing. So I am I've still got faith in Bruno. Rashford maybe not as much, but if he did move to left wing soon I would have more faith. And kind of Something that's floating around my head as well with Rashford is he was, I think it was he 6'5 last season, 6.5 million. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's, I think, you know, are we still treating him like that 6.5 player? Because if he is 9 million and he's not delivering and he certainly hasn't looked great. Yes, the underlyings are not too bad from the first two game weeks, but, you know, I think most United fans, we, we're not too keen on him up front as a, as a striker. And I think we'll see the best from when he is back on the left wing. But, you know, do I, I'm quite open to the idea of jumping off Rashford, even if it's not in the forest at home, because if I think I think if he's underperforming, I think if the team's underperforming, if there's a lot of cash tied up in that position, you know, Rashford could be a cash guy. I've still got Bruno, still got Shaw, and you know, could always go back to Rashford later. So, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at price points in my team. I'm looking at Rashford at nine. I'm looking at Watkins at eight. If I'm going to free up cash for other moves, those are probably the two price points I'm looking at. So yeah, I'm certainly open to losing Rashford, even though it's a good fixture this week. Mm. Yeah, he's very much. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, he could go either way <laughs> for me. Yeah, and he, I should mention Martin. I should mention Martinelli in the same sentence because again, eight million could be a bit of a cash cow. I watch. I watched the game against Palace. You know, he was pretty wide for a lot of it. I don't think he links up very well with Inketia. There's they get in each other's way sometimes. You know, I much prefer Martinelli when Jesus is in the team. And, you know, yeah, he did he did have a couple of opportunities. There was one point early on, he was in the box, a lot of space, a lot of time. Just uh, shot was blocked in the end, I think. You know, had a volley in the box, which went wide. So, yeah, just Martinelli's played a little bit wide for my liking. So I'm not going to rule out selling him either. Uh, yeah, it's tricky because, I mean, Martinelli, Rashford, Watkins, 
they all have good fixtures. We know they're all good players. You know, they just haven't started, you know, like a house on fire. So it's it's a very difficult balancing act to think, you know, which players do you give more time and which ones do you actually let go? It's uh, it's certainly not easy easy decisions this week. Yeah, that's true. Well, in, in, in some respects, it well, sometimes the decisions are easy. Sometimes decisions are hard. I feel like the harder decisions always stick in my mind. Uh, so it makes me feel like this is a difficult game. And some weeks it is. So uh, people have come to the, to the right place because, of course, we do also uh, have some orders uh, for you to give people as well, which we shouldn't forget because that is, of course, the title of the show. So <laughs> let's move on to those now uh, and head uh, to the uh, the first order, which we've... Kind of already discussed, but um, yeah, um, give it to us straight, Mark. What's uh, what's order number one? Yeah, order number one is stay calm if you've had a bad game week. And this goes, you know, across the season. Remember this, even if you had a good game week this week, you will have bad game weeks at certain points. Everyone has bad game weeks. They're part of the game and how you deal with them is the most important thing. If you want to have a successful season, if you want to win your mini league, or if you want to finish with a good overall rank at the end of the season, you need to deal with bad game weeks well. And... The best way to deal with them, first of all, is don't make early transfers. Don't panic. It takes a wee while to process a bad game week. It's very easy to go on tilt, which I think is a poker term. You know, you you go chasing or you go making bad decisions because you're in a neg- negative mindset after after you know bad outcomes. You know, you might have had a good team on paper, but you had a bad outcome. Always remember, you know, evaluate the process before the game week, not afterwards. You know, I went back and looked at my team. Uh, you know, that I posted on Twitter, gave me two trips for gave me two team looked great before a ball was kicked, bad outcome, not going to panic. The same team, like I said, could do well game week three. So yeah, I always say FPL, we manage our teams, but it's, I think it's more important how you manage yourself. And if you can be patient, if you can sit in your hands and not make any transfers, not panic, don't just go and buy all the guys who have the most points on the FPL website because they won't be at the top all season. And again, yeah, the main thing is just give yourself a couple of days. Um, if you're thinking about making a couple of you know early transfers, don't worry too much about the price changes, especially if you can still afford them on Thursday or Friday. And if you get to Thursday or Friday and you still want to get those players, absolutely fine. It's like uh it's like anything. A good tip I picked up in life was if you're if you're in a if you're in a shop or, or you see you see a pair of trainers, they're a hundred quid and you want to buy them, give yourself 24 hours and ask yourself again, do you still want to buy them? So it kind of applies to FPL as well. If you're thinking about, you know, Sunday night, Monday night, looking at a couple of transfers, maybe minus four, give yourself 24 hours and ask yourself the question again after that. Because very often the answer will be no. You'll be in a better mindset and you'll be calmer and you'll maybe wait till later in the week. So, yeah, stay calm after a bad game week. We will all have them. I could go out and give me three again and have a bad game week. Does that mean I'm going to wildcard game week four? No. Going to stay calm. Trust the process. Trust the players. Trust the fixtures. And just, again, small improvements in the team rather than, you know, rash surgery when it's not needed yeah now that analogy of uh being in a shop and um having impulse um impulses sort of like foisted upon you in the sense that they want you to impulse buy uh things and you know when you walk through the till in any shop and it's like they have bits and bobs just laid out in many ways that's like going on the fpl website and seeing who everybody else is signing or perhaps maybe monitoring the price changes and things like that and so really i feel like what is the, the crux of um Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the process that you're going through as a person when you're in that scenario, when you're in FPL or just any other life scenario is, is effectively the fear of missing out. You know, oh, I might miss out on getting a good deal on that. Um, I might miss out on having nice trainers and everyone's going to think that I'm a slob because I've got the cheap trainers or whatever. Um, I'm sure most adults don't really think like that, but effectively that's what marketers want to do to people. They want to make you feel like you're missing out if you don't make this purchase. And I'm not saying that FPL is trying to make you feel that way or anything like that, but the, the culture that ends up happening when you see other people's teams and you see the points that they've scored in any given game week, you see the players that they're buying, the players that are scoring goals what can trigger those rash decisions effectively is the fear of missing out um and yeah i mean i just wondered if you had any any specific uh things that you that you that you do sort of actionable things you do in your day if you if you're sort of in scenarios when you can see ah you know i'd love to have that player uh for example that that help i guess mitigate against the fear of missing out um if that makes sense yeah i think it's always reminding myself that those points are gone. You know, you can look at, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got feelings this week that, ah, I should have went Bumo game week one, want to get Bumo as soon, as soon as possible. He's top of the scoring charts. I'm an idiot. Why is he not my team? Just go and buy him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But again, you know, the points are gone. Um, When I buy him, I'm not getting the 24 or so points that he already has. I'm, you know, starting on zero again, like everyone else in, in game week three with Bumo. And, I think it's Crystal Palace next, who I thought were quite good defensively against Arsenal, just conceding once. So it's, you know, I've got Johnston as well, which is a bit conflicting. If I do want to buy Bumo this week or Wissa or those guys, it's uh, it's up against my goalkeeper. So, yeah, it's just, again, it's, if you're feeling impulsive, and I think the price, you mentioned the price change, changes, that's a, that's something I try to avoid as much as possible because that can that can make you feel, you know, weak as an FPL manager. You know, you might have a moment of weakness, you know, at midnight or 1am before the prices change. I think they change about half past two in the morning, UK time. Um, you know, you might be, you know, I, I remember Ross, FPL Raptor, his great book he put together. You know, I think it mentioned, you know, time of day is important when you're making your transfers. You don't make your best decisions at night time when you're tired. So always remember that as well. Maybe wait till the morning when you have a fresher head. You can be a bit impulsive, maybe maybe late at night. And if you're on those FPL websites, price prediction websites, and you see a player like if Gabriel's about to drop, you might be like, oh, maybe do I save myself zero point one here? Do I get Rico Henry? But you can do that, and then you can do that on Monday, Tuesday, and then come Thursday, one of your other players is injured, or Rico Rico Henry's injured, or there's a postponement that we didn't see coming, and then you're forced into a minus four. So yeah, always comes back to patience for me, and just. I think to avoid impulsive decisions is maybe 
avoid the websites, avoid the FPL website, avoid the app, and avoid the price change websites. I do. I'm a content creator, FPL content creator, but I spend very little time on the FPL website because dangerous things can happen if you spend too much time there. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's all about controlling the controllables. I found in terms of like FOMO, just in life in general. And then there's there is of course just as we've said multiple times this blend across into FPL. And it's like think about what you can actually affect um, as a person in the time frame that you've got. You know, if you've got a problem that has landed on your doorstep, um, be that you don't own this player or you know something else that's happened in your life, and you have the op- you have the opportunity to respond immediately without having planned anything you know you haven't gone hmm what if, if i do it this way if i do it that way um what you can control in that scenario is how you respond and how you make your decision making process and sometimes just taking that problem and locking it in a box and just putting it somewhere else doing something else finding something else to do um i mean to be fair that could be listening to to, to content as well because you, especially in a week like this there's going to be a lot of managers like yourself who perhaps are in the same mindset so hopefully that encourages you to put those things in a box but find ways to put the problem in a box um almost like imagine it in your head like it is a box and you just put the lid on and you put it on an imaginary shelf behind you and then you go off and do something else that you take enjoyment from um that gives you fulfillment and whilst you're doing those things that give you enjoyment and give you fulfillment you can be working over what your plan is and so then that's like that 24-hour period you talked about of like do i really need these trainers you know um and for example uh just with my team this week i when i saw pedro and Rashford's blanks, I was like, okay, well, I'll probably sell them. But then I just put that problem in a little box, left it. And then when I came back to thinking about that again this morning, I'm like, hmm, I, 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 I realized over that sort of time period that Pedro maybe starts this week against West Ham. That's probably pretty good. Yeah. Home against Nottingham Forest, not a bad fixture, you know. And so my, my decision-making process has changed and I've thought about all of the alternatives. And all of those alternatives that I'm thinking about, they are controllables I can control. Um, the price yeah. changes, I can't control those. So there's no point uh, responding um, based on something I can't control. Um, and, and the thing is, the problem isn't going to change. Like you, you can make it, if you make a decision on Monday impulsively, well, if you made the decision on Friday, nothing's actually changed um, in that time. You know, yeah. and telling yourself, it's okay, I don't need to make this decision now. I don't need to respond to the external negative stimuli right now. Um, yeah, and, and I've, that's, got a, I've got a similar, sorry, cut across you, carry on. No, I was just saying that that right there is is hard to learn. But once you've learned it and you get into that rhythm, it like it comes a second nature and and it really really helps with with FPL as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a similar example you were mentioning there. You know, you seen the Pedro and Rashford blanks and, and initial reaction. Right, I'm probably going to sell those guys. When I seen the Arsenal team sheet on Monday, uh, I had Gabriel on my bench anyway, so I was I was kind of happy enough to see him on the bench. But as soon as I seen him on the bench, I just impulsively tweeted goodbye Gabriel with a little waving emoji. But then when I give it, it's 24 hours later now, maybe not even 24 hours later, I'm thinking I might not sell Gabriel because maybe he'll play. Maybe I've got other issues I need to deal with. Maybe I'll just leave him on my bench. So there's a good example, again, of impulsive FPL behavior. Um, I initially thought, right, 100%, I'm selling him this week. But when it gets to Friday, it'll be a case of do I sell him or do I not sell him? So, you know, a good example of how, how your thought process changes, especially when you're in the heat of the moment of an FPL uh you know, something happening like a player missing a penalty or a player getting benched, you know, straight away, you know, Pedro's a good example. I'm selling this guy. He's a rotation risk, but listening to David today, well, maybe he's had his rest. Maybe he'll play. Maybe he could actually do really well in game week three. 
And if he doesn't, is it going to hurt me massively to wait until game week four to sell him instead of game week three? You know, possibly not. So you've got to you've got to weigh all this up, and that's why I like a normal FPL season where where there's you know five or six days between decisions because when there's midweek fixtures, you don't have as much time to process it. And I'm a manager who who always found that I do need the best part of a week to come to my decisions. I wouldn't like to have to rush it in a you know after a day or two. Yeah. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. <laughs> Don't want to jinx yeah. it too soon, but fingers crossed we've got ourselves a normal season uh, this season. This, the omens look good at the moment, and uh, we'll just we'll lean into uh, into that. But yeah, thank you very much for order number one. As uh, hopefully that was useful for people. Um, and yeah, if you want to continue discussions about that sort of thing in the comment section, then then far away. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of this stuff applies to just daily life as well as uh, as well as FBR, which is which is nice and is hopefully helpful for people. Uh, to something a little bit more silly now, uh, we move on to uh, the uh, the dad's army section of uh, general's orders, which is going to be slightly shorter this week. Um, I haven't unfortunately had the time to tweet and ask for other people to send their teams in um but uh, i actually just wanted to give a shout out to, to to my dad again who had an awful game week in game week one but actually went really bold in game week two uh and actually ended up having a decent score which seems odd to me to be honest when you when we look at this team um so what he did was he took a minus eight so there we go that's exciting <laughs> in game week two because he's just full in on the impulsiveness he but but he owns it he's like that's just what i'm gonna do but I, I, don't, I can't tell you what his transfers were because I honestly can't remember off the top of my head. But just to, to run through a team, Ramsdale in goal, White, Dunk, Zuma, Barnes, Matoma, Bowen, Saka, Diaz, as in Luis Diaz, Alvarez, Captain Harlan. So we got 52 points. Take off the eight. It's not, you know, an incredibly groundbreaking score. But just in terms of forget the score, forget the hits, to have a team with Matoma, Diaz and Alvarez, I just want to give him a little bit of an applause because in a game where a lot of people did really badly... Um, it's nice to see some differentials coming off. And this looks like the team, again, as ever, that beats you in the uh, in the FPL Cup. <laughs> yeah, I haven't uh, haven't met your dad yet, David, and I, I hate him already. So uh, <laughs> chances are we might not we might, might not meet. He takes a minus eight and he still he still beats my beats my measly thirty-three. So uh, yeah, well done, David's dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh love the uh, love the obvious sarcasm there. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it off the screen. I'll get it off the screen because it's probably upsetting people in the chat as well. It's hurting, it's hurting my eyes. <laughs> well, let's take us to order number two. And speaking of hurting people's eyes, unfortunately, I do have Brentford's alternative kit on the screen, which does look like a television screen in the 90s when you've lost uh, reception. Uh, but yes, we're going to talk about Brentford briefly. Order number two uh, is about the bees. Yeah, order number two this week is don't overlook the Brentford boys. So I'm seeing... A lot of people this week weighing up, do I go Jackson at Chelsea for the fixtures or do I go Alvarez as a differential in the Manchester City attack? But I think Wissa should be in the conversation. He's been he's been brilliant in the first two game weeks. He's on 20 FPL points already, scored in both games, picked up an assist, bonus points in both games, three five bonus points in total. And Bournemouth, uh, sorry, Brentford have good fixtures as well. Crystal Palace at home and Bournemouth at home in the next two. So two nice home fixtures, a team that are already playing quite well. So yeah, it's basically, I said, don't overlook the Brentford boys. This is geared towards Wissa. You know, make sure he's in your, you know, when you are considering players like Jackson and Alvarez, or if you're weighing up whether to sell Watkins, you know, Wissa should be absolutely in the conversation because he started the season really well and he could be an absolute gem this season at 6.1 million. Uh, well done if you're on him in, in game week one, because you've had a, you probably had a good start to the season. And Bumo, we've talked about a few times. And I guess when I'm saying don't overlook the Brentford guys, this, when it comes to Mbumo, don't feel like you've missed the boat because 
or, or don't feel like you've missed a party. I always think it's better to join a party late than, than never go to the party at all. You know, you'll still probably get some points. Um, so yeah, Bumo, don't be stubborn if you if you thought if you're like me and you thought you didn't. He, he was never really going to be in my game week one team, so I don't feel too bad about this one. You know, I don't have too many regrets because he wasn't in too many drafts. I was quite determined not to go there because I felt like it, w- it wasn't my kind of pick. It was it was going to be influenced by others if I went for for Mbumo. But I'm not going to be stubborn now just because of that. Um, his his performance have been good. His underlines are good. He's taken penalties. Brentford has started the season well. Don't be afraid to go there if you don't have him already. And again, just on Brentford, you mentioned him earlier, Rico Henry, really good pick. I think he's right up there as one of the best 4.5, 4.6 defenders. And Flecken, who you've also got, is a very good option. Pickford owners are probably getting a bit twitchy, back-to-back one-pointers. I would probably recommend giving Pickford another two games. I think the fixtures are okay the next two. It might be Wolves and Sheffield United off the top of my head. Maybe you sell Pickford game week five if, if he's still not performing. But Flecken certainly looks like a place you could go if you really do want to sell Pickford this week and you don't have a have a backup option. So Brentford's just a good team, good players, good FPL picks, good fixtures. Don't ignore them when you're looking at other options this week. Hmm. Well, it's very, very difficult to ignore them if you do have a look at some of the underlying numbers from the first two games, which, as we've said, we don't want to read too much into the first two because, you know, um, every additional game week we get, we become more informed and players can regress. But so far, it is looking very, very exciting. So uh, no player in the Premier League has a high expected goal involvement so far this season than in Burmo. Of course, there are penalties involved in that. Uh, But his uh, non-penalty XGI is also super high. I can't tell you off the top of my head where that ran but it's it's good like he is a very persistent uh, attacker so he's had six shots in the box uh, which is top joint top five uh, joint uh, top uh, sorry, joint fifth so he's in the top five for shots in the box so far amongst all players four big chances which is more than anybody else uh, five shots on target for Mbermo only Solly March has had more um, then in terms of Visser, uh, he's had nine shots in the box and uh, the only player to have more than him so far of course is uh, star well could have been the star of Sonny Soldiers, uh, Odson Edward. <laughs> he's top of the league for shots in the box. So this has had more shots in the box so far than Haaland. Uh, he's had two shots. He's had two big chances, five on target. Both of those are ahead of Haaland. Only March has more shots on target than Visser so far. Um, among all forwards, uh, Visser is top for expecting goal involvement as well. You know the stats are really, really good. Um, and so. If if you're the sort of person who uh, is is going to have a look at some of these stats tables. Um, you, you, you can't ignore them. They're, they're right there. And I'm a bit frustrated with myself because uh, I did have Visser at points in the uh, in the preseason. But for me, it was Mbermo or Visser. Yeah. But actually, you could make a case for having both. But of course, you know, you, I think you want to cover their defence as well. So um, I don't think it necessarily disadvantages me too much to only have one of them. But wow, like the numbers they're posting so far are really, really good. Uh, Fulham, you know, maybe that's to be expected. But, you know, they that that is... Um, they also played Spurs and their numbers were good against them as well. So across what you have to say is a difficult fixture because it's a, it's a, it's a so-called big six team. And then uh, a team that last season obviously did overperform and did, and did quite well. Like Fulham are no mugs. Um, pretty good. And the fixtures keep on being good. So if you turn around and go, oh, well, they've had kind fixtures. Or if you think Spurs is an easy fixture, it doesn't matter. The fixtures still look really, really good. So, yeah, I agree. Um, Brentford are looking um, really, really good as well. And I suppose when you compare with Jackson, for example... Um, I'll do. I'll just do a quick comparison between Visser and Jackson. Um, as I said, so I mean, Visser was doing very, very well anyway. But Visser's had nine shots in the box to Jackson's six. Uh, he's had five shots on target to Jackson's two. Uh, expected goal involvement.
moment for Visser is 1.78. For Jackson, it's 1.39. But the thing with Visser is he's had a 20% goal conversion, which is largely in line with what you would say is sustainable. When someone's offering like 50% goal conversion, you know that's going to come down at some point. You know, Visser is having lots of shots and his goal, his goal conversion is 20%. That's, that's pretty standard. Like, that's good. That's a sustainable, reasonable output. Jackson, 0%. Still hasn't found a goal yet. New to the Premier League. And so... Yes, this is the fixture swing for Chelsea. Maybe he delivers something. But going back to control the controllables, well, you know, in terms of controllables and things that you know, well, you know Visser can cut it in the Premier League because he's already done it and he's currently still doing it. Um, and so there could be a strong case to be made that you do go Visser over Jackson when you when you sort of look at some of those numbers. So Because um, all the talk has been about Chelsea, hasn't it? As you say, that's been what people have been thinking about. And Brentford could get slept on. Uh, in some of those conversations yeah it's the old form versus fixtures when it comes to Wissa versus Jackson this week um, you know if the deadline was in five minutes time and if, if I was looking for a new striker uh, if I was selling Pedro or Watkins I think I'd be on Wissa over Jackson probably over Alvarez as well just still slight rotation concerns there although I don't think they're as bad as they were maybe going into the season but yeah Wissa's my kind of pick safe proven performing well playing for a team not in transition, whereas Chelsea are a team in transition and Jackson is adjusting to the league. So it's it's a very tricky one. Do you do you play the fixtures with Chelsea or do you play the form pick in Wissa? And for me, Wissa probably just about shades it at the moment. And I do like the, you know, the one million cash saving that you can do do something else elsewhere. So but again it's like it probably depends on if I go Bumo because I still think it's probably Bumo or Wissa rather than both. Do I want a double Brentford attack? Yes, they've been good, but I don't think I want to overinvest there. I've already been stung by double United attack and double Arsenal attack. I don't want to get stung by by double double Brentford attack. Stung by the stung by the bees. So, uh, yeah, it's depending on what I do with the midfield position. But certainly Wissa and Bumo, two two really good FPL picks. Yeah, and I suppose probably just one last thing to say on Brentford in terms of on that subject of, you know, do you get both? Um, to temper them somewhat in the long term, the fixtures obviously are still pretty good in the next uh, four. So yeah, Palace, Bournemouth, Everton, all at home. Then Newcastle away, which obviously is a tricky one, but then Forest away, game week seven. Uh, between game week eight and 13, they face United, Chelsea, Liverpool all the way. And then Arsenal at home. So that's four of that six period are all red on the season ticker against so-called big teams. We have to say so-called these days because I do think the term big six is in flux at the moment. But I think people understand what I mean when I say that. Um, West Ham at home as well in game week 11. You know, London derby. West Ham actually did look quite good against Chelsea, for example. So that run, I think I would only want to have one for. So doubling up now would maybe set me up for having to remove one of them at that point, uh, for example. So, um, yeah, Brentford do look really, really good, but maybe worth people just having a plan for that run between game weeks 8 and 13, probably. So, yeah, it's always good to, uh, to look ahead. Let's move on to order number three then, um, which uh, we did promise some Man United chat. And uh, what we've got on the screen right now is uh, Bruno Fernandes looking largely disappointed in the Spurs stadium. Um, Spurs players and fans are usually the ones who look disappointed in that venue, but no longer. Um, It was uh, the Portuguese this weekend. Yeah, order number three this week is to give Bruno Fernandes one more week against Forest. I, I feel like... I feel like I have deja vu from this point of last season. I had triple Liverpool and it was a disaster. 
and I've I've had triple Manchester United for the first two game weeks, and it's also been a disaster. So I've been here before, which does help me cope with it and give me hope that everything will be fine in the end. It's August, come back to me in May, and and everything will be fine hopefully. But there's a lot of chatter about you know maybe selling Bruno, selling Rashford. I think with Bruno in Bruno's case, he's cheaper than Rashford. He's got the penalties. So if you have if you have both of them and you really want to sell one, I would probably sell Rashford to free up the extra cash and keep the penalty taker. Bruno's underlying numbers are better as well. Justin gave me two. Bruno, four chances created. Two of them were big chances. Six goal attempts with three shots in the box. So it was a pretty good performance from Bruno in game week two, which gives me hope that he can deliver in game week three. So I've got Bruno and Rashford. I may end up keeping both of them. If I sell one, it's going to be Rashford. So order number three, keep Bruno. Underline numbers are good. The fixture's good. He's got penalties. Give him another week. And then if he blanks again, of course, then we probably need to look at selling them. But yeah, fingers crossed Bruno can go big in, in game week three. Yeah, I think I think he's got every chance of doing it. He's he's underperforming his XGI at the moment, and when you consider the quality of the player that he is, that is you know not normal, and you would expect it to regress uh, to the norm eventually. Interestingly enough, I talked about uh, Mbomo being top of the league for expected goal involvement. Well, second after two games is Bruno, and he obviously doesn't have anything yet. Um, you know, so um, you know with that situation, it's seven chances created, two big chances created. Three shots in the box, as you've mentioned already. One big chance and one shot on target. So it's interesting because the actual raw numbers offensively don't look incredible. But I think uh, I think it's just the, the quality of the chances he's made so far all just pulls together for that expected goal of and it does look very good. So that is going to revert to the norm eventually. And a home against Forest, you wouldn't be shocked if it, it was at that moment that... Um, he just got over the line and started performing against his XGI. But we also know he can overperform it because, you know, he's the sort of player who can fashion chances out of nothing and therefore, you know, get assists from low XA. We know that he can have a shot from distance and it go in top bin so he can get goals from low XG. So that may happen in this game. And and that's what resets his XGI under performance, for example. So um, if you're not expecting a player of his quality to revert to his uh, XGI uh, baseline at home against the team that was the worst team away from home last season. Um, I don't know. Like, that, that that seems like a... You're asking... You're, you're sort of almost trying to convince yourself that Fernandez is less of a good player than he used to be, that he's somehow dropped off for good now. But I don't think anyone really thinks that. So if you, if you think he's a good player... Um, and, and by the way, this is just because the stats are good. If the stats were terrible, then I would be perfectly happy for people to say, I think he's finished, especially at home against Forrest. I don't trust him with it. But it's just the fact that the numbers in those games have been good. And these are the sorts of things that I, I hadn't even noticed that. You know, the, the United games I've watched, I haven't necessarily come away and gone, oh, he's, he's about to bang necessarily. But when I look at the numbers, I'm like, hmm, I must have missed something here. Or maybe I was, you know, had my mind on other things while I was watching the game, perhaps. Um, and it just helps remind me to keep him in my thoughts because I, I do place a lot of trust in a lot of these numbers. Not everybody does, but I, I have not gone too far wrong in, in looking at some of these numbers and, and sort of allowing them to influence my decisions. So, um, yeah, if I had Bruno, I'd be holding him like easy. Yeah, fingers crossed that uh, patience will be rewarded. Because, again, it's a good good example. I think if, if you're a new player to FPL this season, if you're going in to make a game week three transfer, you'll just look at the points on the on the website and you'll think, I've got Bruno, he's done nothing. I don't have Mbimo or Matoma. I'll just make the switch, 
which is dangerous. You you know don't just look at FPL points, look at the underlying numbers as well, and obviously scout members area is a, is a good place to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, if you haven't signed up already, then uh, do make sure you do that because it's these sorts of things that make all the difference, especially when you're making lots of transfers. I mean, um, yeah, Matoma, uh, com- nice little comparison there. Um, his XGI, Fernandez, over the over the first two, uh, is about 0.3 higher than Matoma. So, <laughs> you know, it's not, you're not you're not really. If you were to make that switch, you could argue that's a switch that isn't necessarily improving your team as much as you think it is because you're actually shifting to a player who in the first two games should have actually scored fewer points than Bruno. Um, you know, Or you could argue that point three is, is much of a muchness. You know, um, you're switching one good player for another good player. Well, why? You know, Something I learned from Joe a long time ago um, was that, again, it comes back to FOMO. It's like, Okay, fine. Everybody's got that guy. I don't have him, right? But what do I have? I might have something that still offers something good. And if you've got a guy who's got a good fixture and he's the one who has to leave your team to get someone else, um, is that a good um, investment of your resources? Your resources here being a transfer because we only have a limited number of free ones. And so, yeah, that transfer, I certainly wouldn't be making it this week. It's hard. Because when you go on the website, you're standing in the queue and, you know, you've got all these, oh, you can save money on this one, save money on this one, but you have to give me this. Um, just remember what you've got might be as good yeah, as what you don't have. That's a good good, good tip. I always just, you know, I'll, I'll get people send me messages panicking, you know, do I switch Bruno to Bumo? Do I switch Rashford to Matoma, Solly March? And it's always a case of, you know, trust your troops as well. You know, you've got... You've got probably a pretty decent 11 that you can get on the pitch. And, you know, a shiny new toy is always going to be attractive. We're always going to want what we don't have. But some very often when you get something you don't have, it's it's disappointment. Um, and, you know, in the case of Mbumo, he, he's a fantastic pick. But he's on course to score 38 penalties this season, which is not <laughs> going to happen. So, you know, keep keep all that in mind. Uh, yeah, I just want to be clear, Bumo is a good pick. And, and don't not get him just because I've said that. But... um. I'm just a I'm just a better non-owner. <laughs> well, no, I think, but the, the main thing is everyone's team is different. This is the thing. It's like, yeah, fine, you don't have that guy, but if you have to sacrifice something that is good to get to that, then it's not necessarily always a good transfer. You know, I think sometimes when we get questions come in, I think some people expect that the answer is very binary. It's a yes, no. Do I need this player? And it's like, well, I guess, but if the rest of your midfield can still perform, a free transfer is more valuable to your team than owning that guy this week. And it's I think it's encouraging people to think of it that way rather than like, this is the guy you have to have this week. Because if we start saying that, then we as content creators become as guilty <laughs> of creating FOMO and other people, if that makes sense. So that, yeah, that's just yeah. how I see it. So yeah. yeah. Again, this week's a good example of, of that kind of FOMO stuff and looking at what you have and what your team can do. I don't have Bumo. I don't have March. I don't have Matoma. But when I look at my midfield four, it's two Man United guys against Forest and it's two Arsenal guys against Fulham. Why would I why would I really sell those guys when if you're a fixtures manager, which I am a fixtures manager? Yes, it would be easier maybe if my Joe Pedro was a fifth midfielder, which is on my mind, but um certainly very difficult to sell an Arsenal or a Manchester United midfielder for, you know, a Brighton or a Brentford guy when when they've got good fixtures. Yeah, absolutely. And uh well, I think that's a good place for us to end, I think, on this sort of positive note of like 
defiance that no look we've got good teams and we're gonna we're gonna roll with it and we're gonna make some some sensible sound decisions so yeah thanks very much uh, as ever mark for for giving us those orders and sharing your experience this week especially as it's been a tough one we do appreciate you uh yeah um, coming you, out David. and talking about it <laughs> thank you yeah. for the for the therapy session i, I do feel lighter <laughs> after this video yeah that's good that's good well if, if anybody else needs some fpl therapy then you're welcome to join us on an episode of general's orders and we'll we'll sort you out um of course there's plenty of other content this week as well which might uh, ease your your pain uh we'll We'll have uh, well, Goals Imminent was uh, on earlier today with uh, Joe and Tom, so go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, we'll have some team reveals on the channel. Um, we've got uh, Deadline Dilemmas on Thursday. We have Q&A on Friday, team news video as well, which will be important this week with a few injuries still flying around, and there'll be a deadline stream as well. And, of course, over the weekend, there'll be plenty of content to uh, enjoy as and when the action is happening uh, in the Premier League. But with that, we shall leave you fine folks to perhaps not tinker with your teams this time, but just to think about how you can put that tinkering off until Friday. So yeah, with that, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.